Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash, and for this recording, I'm being joined by my lovely co-podcasters, Nat. Hello. And Jimin. Hello. And how's everyone doing? Miserable. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm getting the feeling that the energy is a little low today, but that's that's fine. For reference, for anybody who's listening to this in the future, it is. We are recording this on April twelfth, twenty twenty-one, and there's been a lot of things happening in the world today in Minnesota, in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> Just a lot of things. So there's a lot going on. A lot going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And you know, eh, yeah, it's things are happening, guys. The world doesn't stop turning. Nope. It definitely How are doesn't. you, Ash? I'm good. I'm a bit tired. I had four interviews last week <gasps> for a fellowship position. So I am very like I spent a lot of time preparing for them so well just last week was a lot of stuff going on so I'm a bit tired this week but I'm good I'm good happy to be with you guys and talking about k-pop how about you Nat yeah I mean you know stay-at-home order in the province of Ontario you know, didn't no, no something one... crazy just happen in Ontario recently? Recently, like what was it? Uh, like a truck flipped over or something because it was carrying t- a too heavy of a load. Ah, uh, that actually sounds familiar. But I mean, like in <laughs> Toronto, <laughs> I, no, I like it does sound really familiar. But there's so much going on right now because of like the stay-at-home order and like they're trying to like tighten it again. Like that, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you tighten something that's literally like, don't leave your house unless you need to kind of thing. But like, okay, this is this is going to be a Nat rants about Ontario segment here because they are so stupid. So basically, like the logic here is that you can only buy essential things. Great. But then you have these like big stores like Loblaws, Real Canadian Superstore, you know, Walmart, where they sell groceries, which are essential. But they also have a whole whack full of other things. So you know what the brilliant idea was? Let's cordon off all of these other sections. So literally, you go into the grocery store and there's like tape around certain areas saying you cannot buy these things here. You can buy them online, but you cannot buy them here while you're here in the store. And then on top of that, places like Dollarama booming business here in Ontario. Uh, Dollarama is great. You can get everything from Dollarama. You can get aspirin and birth control. And you can get a pregnancy test from Dollarama. Okay, like... Would you it. trust <laughs> some birth control from the dollar store? I would not. I would not. <laughs> you know what? They have them there. Like, when I saw the pregnancy test, I was like, you know what? Someone's going to need it, and they're going to need it at $2. So I get it. But anyways... So now you you can go into Dollarama to get quote unquote essential things like a chocolate bar, but you can't get school supplies, even though school is open. So once again, leadership in Ontario has failed us all because it's just it's just dumb. I think it's just really stupid. Like I'm already at the store. Why can't I just get a fan if I need to? It's hot, okay? 
But yes, that is my rant about <laughs> the stay-at-home order in Ontario right now. But yeah, what are we listening to, everyone? Well, I'll go first. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I've been listening to, I don't know where, okay, I do know where it started because I had a dream about, it was actually, it wasn't about Big Bang, but for some reason, G-Dragon was in it and there's like a lot of action and stunts and like martial arts and like G-Dragon was in it and stuff. So I don't know. But anyway, anyway, that is all to say that I got inspired to listen to some Big Bang over the past week and it was a good like you know trip back in time because I haven't listened to Big Bang for a while and I haven't even like looked like checked any of their socials or anything like I didn't know like G-Dragon had done an interview where he was talking about he was working on like music for Big Bang and stuff and Tops posted more like you know paintings and stuff well, actually, he did post a picture of his face. So, like, something different from his usual chairs and paintings on, like, Instagram. And just, you know, getting up to, like, what the guys have been up to and the possibility of them coming back as a foursome. So, yeah. And I didn't realize how many, like, OT5 stands there were, like, out there. So, that was kind of disturbing. But, yeah. Yeah, it was really good listening to their back catalog. It's they've got some good songs. So yeah. What about you guys? Yeah, so I actually kind of forgot about that. Like at the time that I heard the news, I was really excited. But you know, like how news works this, these days, right? It <laughs> like something's exciting for like ten minutes, and then something new happens, and you just kind of forget. Uh, but yeah, bang come back it seems like they're the, the steps are there people are the wheels are turning so i'm very excited about that i recently got into infinite um not sure exactly what prompted it i was just on youtube as i am most of the days and i was looking at probably some got seven content and they had one of those like you know, infinite lives on NBC or whatever from like debut to tell me. And I was like, you know, I haven't listened to an infinite song in forever. I never really got into the group either, but it's whatever. So I started listening to that like 41 minute video. And I was just like, first of all, how about I knew most of the songs and I knew some of the, most of the dance moves for the songs, but I like, it never connected to me that it was an infinite song <laughs> for some weird reason so like i'm listening to tell me i'm listening to bad i'm listening to back and i'm like wait a minute i actually know these songs i, I know the lyrics for these songs because i've listened to them but i just for whatever reason like i don't know maybe i was like so hardcore into like big bang that it never really connected and like, then like you never associated infinite with the chaser because well, like, i know with the chaser no no I know the chaser like that was like the song like I think that's honestly the best k-pop song in the 2010s like there's no doubt for me the chaser is great but like for whatever reason like I guess wow. because when I yeah I know but when <laughs> when I I think okay I think this is what it was when I got into k-pop in like 2010 or whatever I was like just big bang and 21 right 
And then when I started to get into other groups, like to actually know the members' names and like actually know the fandom and like back catalog and stuff like that, like which was through basically FX and like shiny in some ways. I just like for some weird reason, like I, maybe because Infinite was kind of fading at that time. So even though like I'd seen them, you know, on the music banks and stuff like that, because I used to watch those like, you know, in its entirety or like watch all the performances, I never really connected Infinite. And then because like they have been out of the spotlight for a very, very long time since Hoya left and stuff like that, like it just never really connected that it was an in like these are Infinite songs, you know, I'd seen like covers of them. I'd see them perform them, but I never really like the interest was never like pushing me to find out like let me know who these people are and their names and things like that you know it's like with god seven i listened to god seven like i loved if you do i actually really like that song. i really liked never ever for a really long time but i never really thought like oh let me see who these people are and what their names are like i knew about bam bam and stuff like that i just never really cared to like delve deeper into it until last year right so i think you know something just clicked and i was like hey let me listen to some infinite and i've been listening to infinite every day basically since then i love it <laughs> of course i get into infinite and two members left the agency this month and like some you left like earlier this month or something like that or like earlier this year so like basically they are done so like i mean they probably won't say that they're disbanded but they are done so at this time so of course i got into infinite you know, when the nail was in the coffin, but it's fine because they have great music. They have bangers. Dare I say it? I'm going to say it. It's a hot take, but I think their title tracks are actually better than God Seven's title tracks. And I, I, I mean, that's to, not too hot of a take. I'm willing to defend <laughs> it. <laughs> and I love you, God Seven. I love God Seven. But I would say that, yes, I do think that their title tracks are better than God Seven's. Like they're more my taste. I would say. Better. Have you They're ever considered? Have you ever considered that maybe it's you that's causing these groups to disband? <laughs> <laughs> it's like right after you get into them, they start disbanding. I'm just so kidding. So uh, what you're saying is that I should become a fan of Super Junior, is what you're saying. Yes, there you go. I, I mean, and I might as well use the power for good. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay, I actually do like me some Super Junior songs. I mean, not the group, of course, obviously, but I do like me some Super Junior songs. So I don't think that is really the case because they would have disbanded from like Black Suit Time, you know? And, but yes, I I am, dare I say it, in, in spirit? Is that what they call their families? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess so. Yeah. But yes, Infinite is what I've been listening to and Got Seven, obviously, all the time. But yes, what about you, Jimin? I've actually been listening to a lot of Paramore. Like I went through their whole catalog. I've also been listening to. Okay, I'm I'm about to straight up embarrass myself. So, I, <laughs> I, you know that that Nick Jonas song, Jealous. Yeah, I love I, that song. I heard that song like in a commercial. And I was like, "Wow, well, I haven't heard that in a while. I kind of want to listen to it. So I listened to it, right? And then I listened to a couple more Jonas Brothers songs from back in their Disney Channel days. But girl, somehow, oh my God, I'm going to get so roasted for this. Somehow I ended up listening to Hannah Montana's entire catalog. I'm very ashamed. <laughs> Why y'all quiet? 
I hear she has bops, but I've never actually heard them. I'm talking about Hannah Montana. I'm not talking about Miley Cyrus. I'm talking about no, I'm Disney talking about era. Hannah. Yeah, I'm talking okay. about Hannah Montana too. I just know, like, I'll be honest, I was a bit older when that show dropped, so I just yeah, yeah, really yeah. It. But and I mean, I I can say like I like some Miley Cyrus songs, but the stuff that I've heard from like the soundtrack from like Hannah Montana, you know, like on those Disney commercials that used to come out too when people had cable like i disney yeah, had I don't commercials know. like not commercials but you know like music videos they used to play right like as commercials oh, sh- like in between the sure. shows and stuff like that okay yeah i guess well okay i don't know maybe it was a disney camp. maybe yeah i would say <laughs> I, I don't remember to be honest but yeah uh, but they used to play like music videos from the disney artists you know like selena and the scene and like all the stuff right so i have heard hannah montana songs i just never like them fair (laughs) i mean that is i like i remember i will say while i was listening to them i was like what did like what did little me see in hannah montana i think it was just like the that was before she she was like corrupted by all of her racism well before my mind was corrupted on all of her racism and i just like was a kid and i just was like oh the concept of like being living a double life and you're a celebrity but you're also a regular person so you get to have the best of both worlds which is actually a Hannah Montana song cringe but yeah I don't know girl I just listened to her whole catalog and I ended up listening to some old school Beyonce I don't know why I said old school I listened to check on it that's not old school and so Oh my god! I also listened to. Do you got do you do y'all know that song "Airplanes" by Bob featuring Haley Williams? Yeah, yeah, it's actually a good song, even though he's. It's a really you know what's crazy? I loved that song when it came out, but like ever since it came out that he was a flat earther and a truther <laughs> and basically a Hebrew Hebrew Israelite almost level i was like i I can't see his music the same way like he sounds like like you know those people who just have a conspiracy for everything like i don't know it it just it was an out-of-body experience listening to that song and then what else did i listen to nat you would be proud i was listening to the music of your countrymen the weekend and drake I listen to a lot of Drake's older stuff because that's the stuff that I prefer back when he I don't know what Drake is doing in his career right now <laughs> but it's not what he used to do and then The Weeknd I listen to like Crew Love and stuff like that which I guess is more so Drake but still so yeah I kind of I don't know why I told you guys everything I was listening to and then as far as K-pop you know I still listen to two by two pretty much a couple times a week at the very least shiny which they just dropped atlantis which we will talk about later but i've been listening to a lot a lot of shiny especially since i had to finish up editing the jonghyun video which if you haven't seen it it is out now on our youtube channel we will drop the link in the description and but yes i've also been listening to jonghyun but that's really it i mean i haven't can't think of nothing else so yeah what are you guys what are you guys excited for though like i mean we know we've been listening to is there anything you are excited to listen to with regard to k-pop any comebacks or debuts that sound good to you 
Oh, you guys remember we listened to one of our music video watches. We listened to uh, Boys World, that girl group that started on TikTok or whatever. Their yeah. EP is out. Oh. Hold on, I have to look that up because I don't know. I Is that one of the interracial groups? Yes. Yeah, yes. apparently it's been doing pretty well on Spotify. So, like, they've been hitting some pretty decent numbers for, like, a rookie group. So, Oh, my God. One of these girls looks like Leanne from Little Mix. Little Mix? Okay. Okay, maybe that was just a bad angle because I'm looking at the other pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I don't think they look like her. But yeah, they, I like their stuff. And Taylor Parks wrote, like, worked on their album. And it's not bad. Like, I am waiting for them to, like, maybe mature into their sound a little bit. But I'm always here for girl groups. So good on them. Yeah, and they're super cute. So. Yeah. Like they're super cute and they're it's like a nice fresh sort of young concept, which I think is what people need right now because the only girl group that's really active is like is Little Mix pretty much and they are definitely in mature land at this point, right? So yeah. it'd be nice to have younger, you know, role models in that sense. Or these or the girls are just going to go to K-pop and listen to Blackpink. So, you know, it's it'd be good to have, you know, some Western faces, I guess, or Western groups in in these these sort of roles. But yes, uh, comebacks. So, guys, yeah. we have some some comebacks that have already come out. And there's one of the come. Well, two of these comebacks. I know I have a lot to say about, but one of them, I know we're going to talk about them later, but Astro came back with one and I saw Chaenu in those little tight pants, them little tight leather pants. I didn't know he had, let me, let me stop. Anyway, Shiny's Atlantis, of course, go listen to it. Did you guys listen to, uh, to Atlantis? I listened to everything that had come out as I was making this list. I'll be honest with you. Oh. I mean, I already listened to Astro's when it dropped. I listened to Shiny's Atlantis today and that actually sounds and feels very shiny. You know, like, like not to say that Don't Call Me It doesn't, because I feel like they own that concept too. But Atlantis feels like home shiny. I don't know. Like, I know it's really hard to explain, but it just feels like shiny in a way that some, like, they when they exper- experiment with different concepts, you know, it does feel like they own it. But, like, they, you know, I don't know. It's just like, I, they still have a signature yeah i get exactly, what you're saying exactly so it's a signature and i feel like atlantis is definitely a signature shiny song you know like i feel yeah. like that that's a cute it's a cute fun fresh song and it's not a, it's it's not as impressive i would say as don't call me but i liked it i thought it was cute I feel like there's been more positive reception from non-shiny fans to Atlantis than Don't Call Me. But I have a feeling that has a lot to do with the idea that the only people that should be allowed to do concepts like Don't Call Me are the young, like, NCTs, ATs, you know what I mean? The people who do those sorts of concepts, which is ridiculous. But so Hoshi has Spider. This is Hoshi from Seventeen, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually not a bad song. I was expecting him to be a rapper. I don't know why. I was what? Really? To be a rapper. I don't. I, I don't really know anything about Seventeen, right? So when right, I, but I that, thought, yeah. okay. Hmm. When he when he dropped, like when I heard that this was dropping, 
you know, and I heard like mixtape being floated around. I assumed that he was a rapper. I'm going to be honest. Girl, K-pop so. stands <laughs> call everything a mixtape just so they can get some street cred. It's ridiculous, but <laughs> okay. And then <laughs> the only reason why I know about this song is because Tevin talked about it, but it's Wendy's Like Water. And I think Tevin says something like, yeah, instead of listening to Like Water, go listen to my song with Wendy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Tevin, you're doing the most. But I agree. If I don't have to put coins or views in Wendy's pockets, I won't. Um, Did you guys listen to it? Was it good? Ash, you said you said that like it's good. Uh, no. Ash, have you listened to any of the stuff so far that we've mentioned? Like any of these comebacks so far? Unfortunately, I heard it like water and it's very like, I mean, the title fits the song very well, I would say. I mean, Ash just said everything that I was thinking. Let me tell you <laughs> how. When I heard like water, I was like, I felt kind of betrayed by a lot of the K-pop journalists. And I mean, I love these people. I really do. They're very nice on Twitter. But the way that people were talking about this song and then like when I heard the actual song, I just felt like, I don't know, I was expecting a very different song. The like something is, a little bit more exciting. Yeah, the mm -hmm. thing is, with well, I'm not really, I wasn't really expecting anything. Like this is very, from what I know of Wendy, like this seems very much in her wheelhouse. Like she seems like a very much, like she wants to be Tay on light, you know? Mm -hmm. And, really yeah like and the thing about wendy is apart from like all the other stuff about wendy like she does have a good voice and i just feel like the direction that she's gone in is a waste of a voice like i mean it's just it's just bland it's just very so she wants to be like Taylor Swift, kind of, because I don't listen to Taeyeon. So, like, I just know no, that no, no, people. No, Taeyeon, no. Okay. No. Well, I've heard people always compare Taeyeon to Taylor Swift, and I always thought that was interesting. But I wouldn't actually compare them. I think that honestly, like, Taeyeon is more, like, not in terms of, like, I don't think she is as good as people like you know Celine and like you know whatever but I think that she's definitely in those categories more so than a Taylor Swift vocally mm. for sure and then also too because she emotes like Taeyeon is her greatest strength is not even the fact that she can actually sing but it's the fact that she emotes and she knows her voice enough to know how to do different concepts whether it's fast or slow you know like whatever like she did a lot of funky stuff recently and it worked you know like she actually has a signature she's not a boring singer and like i feel like she because she's been in the industry so long she maybe she gets a little bit more freedom or leeway in what she gets to do so mm. whatever her taste is at the time she can sing it you know whereas wendy is still like yeah, i mean red velvet's been around for a long time but i mean it's very clear that sme is telling these girls what to do they're not you know, I don't think there's much input. <laughs> like, no offense. Yeah. I just don't, right? So no, I, I like, agree. Yeah. yeah, I feel like they pretty much were probably like, hey, we're going to give you this ballad. And then she's like, okay, I'll do this ballad. But she, like, she sings it. Like, if I was going to compare her to, I wouldn't even compare her to Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, I feel, emotes a lot better than Wendy does in this song. But I Oh, wow, that's a yikes. Yeah, it's so bland. Honestly, it's, like, I was surprised at how bland it was like because i feel like i like wendy definitely is a better singer than this but i did hear that the b-side 
was a lot better. Like people were preferring it. So I'm going to give that a try just to see how I like it. Cause I mean, if I've been given Alexa all the tries, I can definitely give Wendy another try. Okay. You know, why are you giving so, Alexa? Never mind. Okay, <laughs> cool. And then we have one that I'll just say one take on it because I know we're going to talk about it later, but only one of came out with libido. And I must say that like the song itself for some reason, I actually thought it was kind of cool. Like, I don't know, like the, the actual production of the song and the, the, the instrumental of the song was just kind of different. And I thought it worked, which usually, usually I don't like. I, I'm not even saying usually I don't like it. I just, it worked. It worked very well for them. What they were trying with the instruments. I thought it's not easy listening and it's not casual listening for me personally, but it definitely worked for them. Very unique. I will admit that I spent more time looking at the music video than listening to the song. So I can't even remember the songs. So I was like, that's fair. <laughs> I just literally like you were talking about it and I was trying to recall the song and I could not all I can remember is that dude with the very long hair. And yes, the, it, it has basically yeah, no melody. Okay. Okay. Fair okay. enough. I, well, it um, has we'll a melody, but yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll Listen to me, it. just making stuff up. And then Jackson Wang's Lamely. It, it's Love Me, Leave Me, or Leave Me, Leave Me to Love Me. You know, I can't remember what it is. But, anyways, it's an English song, and he's done, it's actually one of his better songs like I can say that confidently it's not just because of it's about seven it's because it's actually more my style it's it's like the MV is shot like a Hong Kong sort of like early 90s late 80s Hong Kong film like it's so it's really cool to look at and then on top of that it the song itself is like electric it's, it's very 80s inspired like musically so it's like 80s pop so that's why I personally like it I mean, I'm not saying it's like the best song I've heard all year or anything like that, but it's, you know how Jackson Wynn's discography is very hit or miss. This is actually one of those songs where I was just like, okay, like I, I kind of like, I do like to listen to it more than once and not just because it happens to come on, you know, like it's a question yes. is hit or miss a misnomer. Maybe are we thinking that it's usually eh or miss because hit or miss implies a hit you know what I mean oh, and I, you? I, I just I have to ask um I mean no offense to Jackson but okay cool so it's leave me loving you that's what it's called oh leave me uh, love oh I kind of like that yeah. I like that I only yeah. said lamely just because yeah, yeah. It, it looks like lamely but rose and with gone with, well well I'm gonna say the song with rain oh the song with rain pretty good it's called magnetic and it's like no no they're two different songs so this oh. the the first song was an english song that's his his solo song and then the second song is a korean song with now that he's allowed to do music in korea and it's a it's a duet with rain and it's like very sexy very smooth very manly both of them you know suits with no shirts that's the vibe it's actually really catchy and it's one of rain's actually like it's one of rain's better songs recently too because he's been yeah, he's just been not my cup of tea lately. But uh, yeah, I would say those two are actually pretty good. So yeah, but yeah, sorry. Next, what was the next one you were going to mention? Rosé with Gone. That was okay. not a positive reaction. <laughs> so I only say this. I do like Rosé. 
I really do. And I think that there are points in the song where her natural real voice and not the voice that YG makes her do comes out and she sounds really good. But then that, you know, that voice that she brings, she puts on that comes back and you're just like, oh, okay. So it's not as interesting. It's like, it's actually, if I'm going to compare anybody to Taylor Swift, this is the, her style is very like, you know, singer songwriter, acoustic guitar, write about my feelings. Most of my feelings are about men who do me wrong. You know, like that's the vibe for both songs that she came out with. You know what? Can I pause you for a second? I'm pretty sure we talked about Rosé last time, last episode. She had, she had, so she dropped On the Ground, which is the title. She just came out with a music video for Gone. So, because it's it's basically a two song and mini. Yeah, no, it's okay. (laughs) I'm showing my ignorance. I'm so sorry. I will say, I really just wanted to mention this so that I could say that Gaho... He is like a rockish singer and he's, he had a really popular OST called Start Over, I think for AT1 class. He did covers of On the Ground and he did a cover of Lovesick Girls and they are like a billion times better. Like he can sing, the instrumental is lit. Like he brought the life. You know how Blackpink is kind of dead on stage sometimes? He brought the life into these songs. So I really just wanted to talk about him <laughs> through Blackpink because he hasn't really dropped anything recently. But Gaho, look at his his covers of Lovesick Girls and on Rose's On the Ground. Fan freaking fantastic. I hope he does one for Gone. But anyways, yes, what's next? <laughs> well, next there is Beckyun's Bambi, which everybody look, I already told y'all my feelings about Beckyun as an individual, so I don't go out of my way to listen to his music. So I don't have any comments on the actual music. And I'm wondering, Ash or Nat, do you guys? I listened to the song Bambi and I listened to the mini. Uh, I thought they were okay. I mean, I like Beckyun and I like his voice like I really do enjoy his singing voice so I it all sounded good but I I don't know I was not I was not really that impressed I'll be very honest with you like there was something missing from them for me I mean as I said they all sounded good so it's not like it's it's a problem where the songs are like garbage and then he sounded like garbage or anything like that no like and even Bambi like the music video is cute you know he sounds good in it he looks good in it, you know, outside of the the hair. And, but yeah, there's just something missing for me. I don't know. I feel like the only EXO solo outside of Lay's that I'll actually really like is probably going to be Dio's when he drops his. So we'll see. Okay. And then there's Bomb's Do- Park Bomb. Is this Bomb Bomb? I know her name is Park Bomb, but is there more than one Park Bomb? No way, me, Fossil. Well, you know, I think I wrote that just because now you have me, it is Park Bomb, but now you have me like <laughs> questioning <laughs> everything. But anyways, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you can call her Bomb or you can call her Park Bomb. It's fine. But yeah, Well, she fun. came out with No way, me, Fossil, then Super M dropped We Do, which look. Everybody has something negative to say about this song. I've heard people saying that the song was a dynamite 
ripoff. I've heard people saying like basically just saying that they were biting other people. And I'm like, the song sounds nothing like dynamite. At most, you can make the the connection that maybe the music video looks a little bit like some of these disco videos, but that's only because all these videos were filmed indoors in brightly in color like brightly colored, colorful areas. You know what I mean? Like it's not like they scene for scene ripped any anyone else and I, I just think it's so strange that people are being people just hate super m so like they just find any reason to hate anything they come out with and i and you know i have to say i wasn't a fan of the verses but the chorus was pretty decent and it's it's definitely not my favorite super m song but it's much better than hundred it's also to me better than tiger inside which was the other release but either way i just don't I feel like people are finding reasons to hate Super M and saying that they are copying Dynamite. It's just like, that's a bottom barrel opinion. Like, I don't even understand how you could even fix your mouth to say something stupid like that. I don't know. Something wrong with me. Am I just not seeing it? Are they biting BTS? Not at all. First of all, what BTS did was not original. So it's not like they created the whole you know, disco-esque, you know, thing that they've been do that they were doing with Dynamite. The concept, the clothing, everything that they did is just, you know, what they took from American culture because they had a American English single that they were, you know, dropping and releasing and promoting. So it's like <laughs> the whole idea that they like that this is some, you know, unique concept that BTS discovered or created and now that now super m is biting their style it's just frankly quite silly and a bit crazy in terms of <laughs> like, the, actual, <laughs> the actual mv like it's crazy. like okay so i saw some of this quote-unquote scenes that were plagiarized okay and they were nothing alike like one was like some like one of the members of BTS, you know, like pulling the camera, maybe like into a different direction. And the other one was like Kai, like pointing at the camera. So I was like, they're not even doing the same thing. Like, what are you, what, like, I don't get it. I, you hit it on the nail. People hate super M and not just like people outside of, you know, the fandom, like people in the fandom, like, you know, I've seen shallows say shit about super M I've seen, and citizens say shit about Super M. I've seen XOL say shit about Super M. I don't know what it is about Super M that gets people so upset. That, like, like, honestly, like, I don't like, like, superhero, the Avengers of K pop thing. Maybe that got on their nerves because I did think that was a bit extra, to be quite honest. It, yeah, that was a bit extra, but it's not like I'm going to hate them for it. Like, do you know yeah. how many groups have had absurd, ridiculous, dumb cons? Do you know how many groups have just straight up had, like, fully racist concepts sexist concepts the mama moo had a literal music video where they date rape each other yeah i'm very Absolutely. confused like there's so many things to be angry about but super m is not one of them i'm not saying all their songs are bops but what wow. i am saying is is like this is a group and I, also the the take about like oh they're just trying to go create these songs to compete with this song and i'm like sure like everybody else in k-pop is doing but also consider this this song is literally just a big advertisement that's it's really 
that's like 90% of Super M's music at this point, just commercials. Like, they weren't invented to win a Grammy before BTS. I don't know why people keep saying this. Like, it's just commercials. I did hear that, like, Cap, I think it's Capital that they're signed to. They reached out to, to SME and said that they wanted them to create a group for the American market. So Yeah, like, isn't that the case? Yeah. So it, it's kind of insane that people are so upset. Like, I, I personally think it's rooted in jealousy because that means Lee Suman handpicked this group from like all the groups that he has. And people, I, I do think that there's some jealousy from like the Akes, you know, of other members of some of these groups who feel that, you know, like, you know, why, why was it these members specifically that were chosen for the Super M project, you know? And then on top of that, okay. So let me let me answer that question yeah. for the people in the back yeah. because they are the most talented. <laughs> are you mad? Stay like, mad. It's like being mad that Mark is in almost every single unit of NCT. Like, but there's a reason. Like, yeah. When you okay, we are derailing so bad. Like we're 40 minutes <laughs> in and we've only reached the <laughs> the debuts and the comebacks. But oh, I have I'm to say this. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get through it. I but I want to say this. Okay, I've watched a lot of like Nugu content lately. And I 100% see why Mark is overworked at this point. And it's not because and I'm not saying none of the other members of Dream or 127 are untalented or nothing. I don't think they're untalented. I just think that Mark has the it factor. He just stands out more than other people, especially if you compare him to like the average K-pop idol. Remember, the average K-pop idol is not in NCT. The average K-pop idol is not in EXO, is not in bts or 17 or any of these big groups all of these big groups are big for a reason they represent the top five percent of the industry so he he stands out on a super high level and so when we talk about you know what we're doing a, i believe we're going to do a patreon episode about this certain members just stand out and that's all I'm going to say. And certain people who were picked to be a part of this group. Yeah, was Lisa, Isuman playing favorites? Absolutely. 100%. Nobody's denying that. But like, why does it matter to you who is Isuman's favorite? Like, I'm very confused. What is Isuman doing for you? I'm confused. That should not matter to you. Focus on your group. Maybe your group wouldn't be flopping if you focused on your group. Period. So neck <laughs> see i don't even and, and look i don't even like Beckham, but i'm just telling you how it is right amber <laughs> amber yes. released a song featuring peniel you originally had his name as penile and i don't know why i laughed at that it was really funny i actually think it's a good song hear me out Amber uh, okay. is <laughs> not that great. I think it's mostly because she doesn't have confidence in her voice. So, you know, when people sing without confidence, they're kind of low. They're kind of like, you know, it doesn't really work. It's not convincing. But when you get to the chorus, the chorus is so fun. It's so full. I liked it. it I don't know. I thought it was a cute song. I mean, it's definitely better than everything else she's dropped, including that Shake That Brass song that she had with Taeyeon because I could not stand that song. but. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised when I gave this a listen that it it actually wasn't a bad song. It's something that is listenable and it's something that I can see myself wanting to listen to in the future. And yeah, I know. 
it, it was very strange. I thought it was going to be a Chinese song, but it's in English as well. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm very proud of you. And then Stacy. Stacy has come back with ASAP. They will probably be a part of our Nugu live stream listens when when we do that. So, I mean, I'm sure Nat has listened to it, but I kind of want to move forward and just yeah. kind of go through the ones that haven't come back just to see what we're excited about. So, here's some groups and individuals who are going to be coming back soon. We in, I'm assuming from Mama Moo, that's the only we in I know. With Watercolor, NCT Dream will be dropping their first full album, which, wow, is kind of strange to think that this is their first full album when they've been debuted for a good 10 years. Kong Daniel will be coming back day six with their long, extremely long song, like album titles. I don't really, I'm, I'm getting tired of it. Sorry, day six, but JYP, you need to do something about that. Newest and Itzy will all be coming back. What are you guys excited for? I am ex- I'm interested in day six. I, I think they're so talented. I like them. And of course, NCT Dream. I haven't listened to Dream in like a year, to be honest, but I needed that break from NCT because they just was dropping trash after trash for a minute there. So, but what about you guys? I am excited for day six. I am excited for Kang Daniel. I am excited so excited for new west i feel like this whole teaser video teaser picture teaser this teaser, ugh, i'm tired just drop the album just drop the music video i'm ready i feel like they've been teasing this thing for like three months now okay hey I, they I, gotta I, be I, sure that they're gonna get people to listen to it I, how are you gonna know about it if they don't tease it for three months <laughs> and apparently i did read something that the album is is going to be well, not the whole album, but most of the songs or some of the songs are going to be self-composed. So we're getting a little bit more of the the guys of Newest on it as well, too. It's called Romanticize. So I'm, I'm hoping that it's grown and sexy. We'll see. We'll see. And yeah, I think those are it. Yeah, and Wien from Mamamoo, who I still believe has not re-signed her contract with RBW. That's a sign. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that's a sign that's how it always yeah. starts <laughs> so we'll see how that goes but yeah Ash what about you anyone that you're excited to hear not from that group maybe Kong Daniel maybe Ash what the hell <laughs> she said not from that group I'm sorry it's just so funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I mean yeah, I, Itzy, I'm not really that much into them. I haven't really... Wannabe is the only song by them that I kind of like, so... You don't like Mama Moo anymore? Or their music, I should say? I haven't really... What What's their song? Hip? Hip? Oh, yeah, Hip was good. It was, like, the last one that I really liked by them. Like, I like a lot of their older stuff. Their newer stuff is kind of hit or miss with me, so... It's too try hard. I think that's my problem with it. They try so hard to be like hip, you know, hippity hop, you know, bad girls. Like I was fine with the sexy concepts because I feel like they, you know, they did that and they, they, yeah, they performed it pretty well. But like the Dinga song and like all these other songs that like that they dropped recently, even like the solos, like spit it out and stuff like that. And Maria, I did not like any of these songs. Okay. Like, I, yeah, I think that they're doing too much. 
you know, maybe just reel it in and go back to doing what you're really good at, which is singing. And we'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to see you pole dancing. Okay. Like I really don't need you guys all in, in like the last comeback they had was like middle Eastern themed or something like that. Yeah, And it it was, there was fire. There was like, they were just doing a bit too much. I, I just need them to rein it in, you know, like, sing just sing like i like that song that they had with starry night or something i think is what they were called it was called i really like that song it was just really pleasant and nice to listen to you know but yeah i agree um with itsy as well and i really did like dala dala but and not shy was it had that friggin' refrain that was so catchy that not shy not that the it's itsy that part like that was super catchy but uh, outside of that the song didn't do much y'all know my feelings about itsy i don't even <laughs> think i need to say it but yeah that's it no comment no further comment <laughs> okay well then let's move forward and talk about some k-pop news and gossip and and let's get to the first piece of news. So Mark from Got7 was featured in the AP Entertainment section recently. They posted a tweet of an interview he did where he talked about how he's enjoying being away from JYP E and that he's enjoying his independence and honestly I think Got7 I mean just I'm not I wouldn't consider myself a Got7 fan but from what I understand from other Got7 fans and that you can co-sign this or not that ever since they have left JYP and it hasn't been that long since then but I mean it seems like that the group has gotten a new lease on life like it just seems like everyone is more refreshed and like everything like you know it just seems like that they've got that freedom that they didn't have before and that you know things the group actually maybe looks a little brighter because of it that sorry i was actually just looking at that video because i i had not seen that one i'd seen like the interview he'd done when they asked him about his parents and you know if he was worried about them going out and stuff like that because it was right after the the mass shooting but yeah i was listening don't worry Yeah, so I mean, Mark has always been very close to his family. So being apart from them has been, you know, for like 10 years almost, right? Like, because if you think about like training years and stuff like that too, right? It has been, you know, pretty hard. And it's not like it is with Bam Bam or Jackson or those people. Like, you know, the, the other two foreign members who can go home a little bit more readily than he can because they are based in Asia. Mark is in LA and it's, you know, a long expensive flight there's no reason for you to go back for like four days you know you have to go back for chunks to make it worth it so he has you know he 
was very much ready to go home. And he's been living his life since he's gotten home. You know, he's back with the bros, the Cali bros. He's golfing now. He set up his studio. He's working on his album. This can just be like a mini Got7 like roundup. All the guys are great. JB keeps making jokes about Dobie being free or Dobby being free. If you, if it's a Harry Potter reference, Dobby was basically a slave. So take that. Why did you, you call Dobby Dobie? I called, I don't know why I called him that at first, but also. I'm scared of you, Nat. <laughs> I've been taking, okay, I'll be, I've been taking Spanish and Korean lessons and it has like really like messed up some, some of the pronunciations for certain things. So if you guys see me or hear me pronouncing English words weirdly, it's because of that. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so JB is, you know, a freelancer as he calls himself. And he basically just handles his own career, which at this point is making music and modeling for magazines. Cause he's done like three or four back-to-back covers of magazines so far. And he he also took care of all the paperwork for the release of Encore, or Encore, as they pronounce it. And it, so he's really, like, working on the business side of it. You know, because, like, when the Encore video that they dropped, like, Mark produced it. They put their money towards it. They booked all the, sh- the like, the sets and everything like that. So Jin Young wrote the song and, and mixed it and all that stuff. So they're pretty okay with taking control of their music and, and dropping it. But I mean, Jackson's been doing it for so long that I guess it's something that they've probably learned a bit about from him and they're able to apply it to their jobs now as, you know, solo stars who are also in GOT7 instead of GOT7 members who do other things on the side. Uh, Young Jay's in a play. He's actually the same play as Onu. So I have to support them both, basically. <laughs> and he, what is the name of this? I might not get it in time because I'm looking for it right now. But he is going to be, oh, it's called Midnight Sun. And he's going to portray the male lead alongside Shiny's Onu, Day Six's One Pill, and musical actor Jo Hoon. So he's doing that right now and he did a magazine cover and he's, he's a Levi's ambassador for Korea, which is very, very cool. Doesn't have an ass though. So it's kind of strange. What? Matt? <laughs> so before you made that comment that made me choke, I was, I was going to say that when you said Levi's ambassador, I have such PTSD from Attack on Titan. My brain is just, oh, I was like, okay. what? I was very confused. (laughs) Yes, no, not that Levi ambassador, (laughs) but Levi's the gene company. Yes, so he's 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 promoting that, and Bam Bam doesn't have the Rona, but he's in self isolation because members of the staff at Abyss, which is what he signed to, have one of the members has Corona, and so you know he had to cancel his a Sims 4 uh, show that was supposed to happen on the 15th. I mean, it's not really a show. It's just him playing Sims and talking to people. They're very entertaining. But he's in self-isolation for two weeks. Hopefully he does some live streams like Jackson did when he was in self-isolation. That was fun. Who else? Jin Young is acting in a drama with Ji Sung, who is one of the most attractive and one of 
also one of the most talented Korean actors, like of all time. Like Ji Sung is so fantastic. I've never seen him in a bad role. I've never seen him do anything, but like be a fantastic actor and be madly in love with his wife. I love him to bits. But Jin Young is going to be acting with him, and that should be exciting. I mean, Jin Young's a decent actor, so hopefully he learns from Ji Sung, and that is going to be fantastic. He also did a, like a really cute interview where he did like the you know, would you like a 13-year-old Yugyum or 13 Yugyums, you know, kind of questions, which was fun. And Yugyum is still in hiding with at AOMG. <laughs> He's basically like off social media, just working on his album. Fine, whatever. Mark, you know, he has the XC3 line. He's working on his album. He's trying to find his voice as an artist. And he's been, he's had some Weibo updates. Who's left? Bam. No, I said Bam Bam. Who was? Oh, Jackson. I mean, Jackson dropped. Leave me, love me, leaving you, leave me loving you. You know, he dropped Magnetic. He has like 40 songs. He's dropping an English album and a Chinese album as well. I mean, all he does is make music. He bought a house for him and his parents because like Mark, he was away from home for a long time and he's really excited. And, you know, that's all he talks about. I saw like, I'm not going to lie. I saw like 10 interviews with Jackson with like American radio host. And they were all very interesting, very inspirational. But basically Jackson just works out, eats salad with his hands, people, no dressing, just leaves in a plate that he eats with his hands. And he makes music. That's his entire life at this moment. I really, really, really hope that he at least takes a vacation day, you know, here or there gets laid maybe once in a while. Like, I feel like he needs those kind of things in his life as well. So yeah. That's the God Seven corner. Thank you, Nat. Our resident Auguste. Is that how you I'm say not it? an Auguste. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I really do like God Seven, but I, I just I just don't feel like I'm an Auguste. She's an Agasse and everything but name though. So don't worry. I'm not. And I'm about to say, I, 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 I respect them. I think they're really lovely people. I really do. I just feel like I'm, maybe I feel like I'm a bit old to be one of those, like, name, you know, one of those things. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. I just, I just like, there's some, there's something that's really preventing me from being able to say that I am an Agasse. So I don't know. One day I'll figure it out. It's probably me. One day I will figure it out. Because I did, I was very quick to call myself an inspirate. But <laughs> I was just like, I've got it. I'm Maybe you just need to go to like once the like Corona clears up or clears up enough for us to go to concerts. You just need to go to your first Scott Seven concert, and then it'll click for you. Yeah, maybe I need to throw my bra on the stage at GDC. <laughs> you know, we'll see. <laughs> More likely, Jackson will probably be like throwing his shirt off into the crowd because I've seen that videos of him doing that quite often. Is never wearing clothes. Like he is literally like like Jinian will be in like a jean jacket and two shirts, and Jackson will be like in a sleeveless tee that he's literally pulling up every five minutes. So yeah, Jackson's def Jackson and Bam are the hoes of the group, but we love them anymore. Anyways, it's okay. But yeah, what's next? All right. So we mentioned earlier that the group only one of K 
came back with libido and apparently i did not see their comeback performance but apparently their comeback performance was very controversial because of some alleged queer baiting apparently apparently this was discussed on twitter did either Jimin, did you or Nat see this performance? Can you verify that? (laughs) Yes, I did. So I saw the performance. Nat, let me talk first because she just gave us the whole God 7 corner. So, yeah, I was going to say something shady, but (laughs) I decided against it. Nat doesn't deserve it. So I saw this performance, okay? And I also saw the takes on it. And... 100% 100% if nobody in this group is gay they were queer baiting it's like a not a question that said if you just look at it as art like if you take it as just art okay there can be an argument made that okay it's just art there's no they're not trying to make a statement they're not trying to do this they're not trying to but the fact is you can't divorce it from the commodification of it because it is k-pop so i here's my take i talked about earlier how i like the how i thought the song was good for them not necessarily like to the point of like put it on a playlist but i thought it was a decent song with regard to the music video i actually thought the music video was pretty tasteful Like, I don't know. I just thought that it was shot well. And I thought that for them to be such a new group, they showed a level of tastefulness or like artistic expression, I guess. It it, it didn't come off as like raunchy, if that's if that makes sense. It was like instead of like the Chris Brown, you know, I want to do you all night or whatever. It was more of a voice to men. I'll make love to you. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> I mean, Nat, you could give your take and t- say what you think, but does that make sense that like it did come off more tasteful than not? It absolutely did, especially since the first thing I'd seen from it was the live performance. And it was literally just the gif of that one shot with that guy and his hand between the other guy's legs. So I like that wasn't you know, even the think, the queer baby part to me. The queer baby no, part no, no. was when he was on his knees about to. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, but anyway, yes, Nat. But I did mention that I saw the music video, and it came across as kind of very, very like boy love like, or but it like as you said in a very soft, more romantic way, and I guess for me, like I'm not here to argue if it's queer baiting or not. Like I honestly don't know and I don't think that I'm you know as qualified to talk about that to be honest like I don't feel like I, I have enough information on like what is queer baiting you know what do the scholars say what do the people who are actually queer say you know kind of thing I just don't feel like I really have enough information to say what I think on that right now but I do think that like for me the first thing I thought about was like these people are getting upset. And I did see netizens who were like less than pleased, obviously about it on Panchoa and stuff. Wait, but, what were netizens saying? Oh, they just, you know, thought it was going too far and it was like crunchy and it was just inappropriate, you know, things like that. Oh my like God. That. They thought Kai's yeah. was too far. Yeah. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, okay, no shade, but like a society that has to deal with like men openly, like, putting cameras in bathrooms and you know well, yeah all these 
these sexual assault rings and, you know, sexual abuse rings and deep fakes, like, you know, the, the country that's at the forefront of all of that really doesn't really <laughs> get to it. Be it, like, it doesn't oh, compute. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like that type of thing doesn't compute yeah. because of like, it's like when people want to show sexuality, they shun it. But when people, and when I say they, I'm speaking obviously of like certain types of netizens, but when people yeah. don't want to show, show sexuality and they don't, they don't want any of that attention, they get the unnecessary attention, you know? And it's just like, I think that's all kind of like the result of their like repressed society. Like it's like they have all this stuff going on, but it's like publicly it's like, Oh no, you can't, you have to, you know, act a certain way when it comes to sex and or sexual, you know, topics or issues or whatever. But it's like, you know, at the same time, like the self-expression is, is taboo but it's like it's happening anyway so you might as well just give people the freedom to at least be open about it but yeah well it's like also to the focus on like like yeah you know every country has their things that they're allowed you know to monitor and you know prohibit and things like that but people are so like you know what? I'm actually talk about it more when we get to Toronto because I feel like that's a better example of it. But anyways, about this. Uh, Wait, can I say something real quick? Yeah. yeah. You know what this reminds me of? And I can't believe I haven't ever seen this like the, until the other day. So I've always heard about that meme, but I've never actually seen the clip that it comes from. It reminds me of when one of the Kardashians told Kim, Kim, people are dying. I don't know why. <laughs> I actually have watched that episode like that was when i was not as anti-kardashian but that was mm-hmm. when not kim not chloe the other one courtney courtney yes courtney that was when courtney <laughs> kim was complaining about dropping her earrings in the, her in the water like the expensive yeah. earrings that i think were on loan or some shit like that in the water and first of all you're like oh, bitch why are you even in the water with these things like, right you know what <laughs> anyways so she's in the water and she loses them and she's crying and she's freaking out and then courtney's there with her kid you know like and it's so funny because she's just like so unimpressed with she's Kim. so casual like, about it like Kim, people are dying <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly before they became insufferable they had so many prime moments like in the beginning of that series like when Chloe, Courtney's baby daddy was like, was talking to the mom, whatever her name is. And she was like talking about all these coupons she wanted to use. And he's like, but you're rich. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when people just say stuff. I don't know why. It's just so funny. But yes, that is exactly what a, a really good example of what we're talking about here. And I just wanted to say that, yeah, the one takeaway that, no, the two takeaways that I had where one, I hope that the guys actually want to do this and it's not something that the company is making them do for views or whatnot, because you never know, right? And two, people are getting upset, but if they were dancing like this with women or you know, young women or whatever their age, I don't know how old these guys are, to be honest. But if they were dancing with women and girls or something like that of their age group, there would be a bigger problem with the fans. So it's actually easier for them to do, you know, these sort of more sexual movements with each other than to do them with girls because then the fans don't get upset, you know? So I I just like I feel like there's there's no way 
a, for a lot of these groups to be able to do a lot of these sort of sexier concepts. Because I mean, like, God's Heaven gets asked if they ha- are going to have girls in their music videos all the time. And they're like, 28, 29, like, what? <laughs> you know? But the fan girls don't want it, right? So that means you have to do some of these these more sexier concepts with each other. It's just a reality, you know? So that dude with the long hair, though, I kept watching him thinking, like, is that a wig or is that weave? Because I wasn't sure. It was very It really felt done. like a wig. It yeah. It was very badly done. I felt bad done. for him. Also, yeah. did you notice that he was, like, almost never wearing a shirt? Yes. I was like... And they were okay. so skinny. I was just like, I need you to put your shirt on. I really do. Like you are in the middle of a mall food court eating <laughs> samples. What are you doing? Put on a shirt. Put on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was just random to me, but so yes. <laughs> I was just like so confused. I was like, there is more boy in love in this than the untamed and the untamed is like 50 episodes like what's going on here <laughs> it was so weird <laughs> but yes um any other further thoughts no all right so next we have bullying allegations against a a pink's chorong her company, Play M Entertainment, announced that they were going to take legal action for defamation and attempted coercion against a person that is allegedly threatening her with false claims. Churong is being accused of school violence, with the accuser planning on responding with legal action of their own for false accusations. The accuser has said that Chorong had changed her story and released pictures of Chorong drinking underage. And Chorong responded by admitting to underage drinking, but denying the bullying. Then the accuser released an alleged transcript of a phone conversation with Chorong, where she appears to acknowledge her role in the bullying. Play M has come out and said that the transcript is partial and distorted, and is denying that Chorong admitted to any bullying, saying that they have their own recordings. So this is another another bullying scandal. And um, Nat, I don't know if you <laughs> want to say what you said earlier about acting skills, but you know, just because I mean someone doesn't come off as a bully doesn't mean that when they were younger, that they maybe were a bully, you know, doesn't mean that they are that type of person now. But, you know, I said this before when we were talking about G Idol's Sujin, like, if you did it, and you did it, and there's stuff coming out, I mean, the best thing you can do is just say, I'm sorry, I'm going to reflect. Because, especially when you've got people coming out with you know, I've got text and pictures and this and this and this. I mean, unless it is is false, but if it's something that you did, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to, you know, reflect on who you are now. So, I mean, people seem to usually give idols the benefit of the doubt in these type of situations, unless it's something very severe. 
So I would just say I'm sorry and reflect, but play play M is going the full measure with legal action. So we'll see how that how that you know turns out. But Nat Jimin, any thoughts on this story? Yeah, so with regards to this, and this is going to tie back to what I was going to say before, shifting priorities are very strange because in this, you think the bullying would be the worst thing. But from what I'd seen on netiz- from netizens, the underage drinking was the bigger problem. Like, how yeah. dare she drink underage, even though we have this huge drinking culture where we even have things like hangover soup, hangover freezies, you know, like we have markets created for the problem of hangovers. Like it, the whole thing is super in, like it boggles the mind. It really does, you know? And I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that I, I'm superior in any, any shape, you know, or way or form or anything like that as a Canadian or from the West or anything like that. I'm not. Cause I mean, you heard me at the beginning of the episode, things are pretty fucked up over here as well. So I don't understand. I live here and I don't understand half of what's going on. So I'm not saying like, this is no like superiority complex or anything like that. It just doesn't make sense to me that you're more upset that she was drinking underage than the fact that she could be a bully. And from the story that I got, she, they must've been fighting over some dude in high school, which like who hasn't punched a girl in the face for, you know, another dude when you're 15 like come on <laughs> you know, like that is one of the most caught it's in every TV punch movie. another girl in the yeah. face it's in every tv movie every like ya novel like hello these things happen and i'm not saying that it's right i'm not saying it's good i'm just saying that the trong that i know from a pink for over 10 years like I just would never see her as a bully. I'm not saying that she didn't do it. I'm just saying that it's clear that she has come out on the other side of it and she's doing better. I agree with Ash. She should reflect and she should have just admitted it. But it seemed like they were willing to fight this from the very beginning. So I don't know. Maybe they have something under their sleeve that we don't know about and that's going to turn this whole case around. But I don't know. At this point, I just really want an A-Pink comeback. So however that happens, I will be ready for it. And that's it on that. Okay. Next up, Victoria, formerly of FX, has finally severed all connections with SM. SM Entertainment confirmed this past week that their contract with Victoria had ended and that Victoria is legally just, you know, has left and is in China and is doing her own thing and is no longer affiliated with them. So considering everything that's been going on with Victoria and China and her stance on some of the more controversial aspects of China's internal policies toward the Uyghurs and just other things that are going on with China that 
internationally has cast a bad light on them and, you know, her support of the government and everything, it seems like it's probably for the best at this point that she's just putting, I mean, she's had all of her focus there for a while. So this is just kind of putting the nail in the coffin, I think. Any thoughts on that? It's pretty straightforward, but unless anyone wants to deep delve in a little bit further with the whole FX deal, but. I really don't. (laughs) But I was was going to say that I think that I was surprised when she resigned. But I think she resigned in a limited capacity back when Luna and Amber did not resign. And I think that for Chinese-Korean sort of relationships or relations, this was probably a better option um, for her to sort of stay there and be still connected to the company for a bit longer because of like the history of Chinese idols at SME. You know, so nice, like clean break like this after so long, after she was basically an it girl in the beginning too, by being like a, like a video girl, pretty much at the beginning of her tenure there. And I think it's, it's, it's smart for her, you know, I mean, and also too, with the whole Uyghur situation, do you know that Jackson also terminated his contract with Adidas over it? Adidas, like H and M, is kind of janky. But Adidas? if you look at the, if you look at like the global thousand companies or whatever, yeah. like three of the top ten companies, and by three I mean the top three companies in the world by revenue, I believe, are in China. Which of course makes sense mm. because China has a huge population. Yeah. Um, and don't get me wrong, their profit is not nearly as huge as say like an Apple, which has like a huge profit, but it's still a high earning company. So. If you are in a position where you have to make that decision, you're going to yeah. go where the money is. Like, Absolutely. you just I get, are. I get it. And I, I will say this, though. I wonder how much of that is going to change over, like, the next 10 years where we're kind of phasing out of China being the sort of the hub of the economic hub that it is. And it's kind of like going into, like, Africa's, like, s- certain countries and, and especially in, like, Central and West Africa are growing really fast and they are becoming the world's largest consumers. So I'm just really curious about how a lot of these decisions are going to look in a couple years, like business decisions, you know, because companies don't forget, you know what I mean? Like these, I wonder how much revenue this, I don't think it's a big deal right now, but I'm wondering like in a couple of years, what that would look like, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that, you know, Chinese colonialism or imperialism, as you want to call it nowadays, I think that that still will probably be a factor in a lot of these. I do. Okay. I have a really hot take about this. I'm going to say it real quick. I really, I, now I do agree that Chinese imperialism, it will be a factor and it is colonialism basically, Mm -hmm. but Chinese imperialism will be a factor. But I, I think the world is kind of moving in a direction as a whole where I don't know if it would allow one superpower that's not a traditional English. superpower. Yeah, I was about to uh, say, I didn't know how else to say it. But yeah, basically, I don't know how it would. I don't even know if they would allow it to get to that point before they scramble to get it first. 
I see what you mean. I mean, so I really hate be, to say it, but... Oh, my God. It's going to be, like, a, you know, new age scramble for Africa, is what you're saying. Yeah, no, like, I hate to say it, but the world always trends in that direction. It always yeah. happens that way. You can't... Yeah. I mean, just that's just the reality of what it might be. And I just don't I mean, even economists are predicting like when they talk about the economic hubs of the world there, China is a part of it, of course. But with China's like decline, well, East Asia in general has like different countries have declining birth rates. They have aging populations. China is not obviously as bad as like a Japan, but like what I'm saying is, is the one child rule really screwed China. Like it really screwed them. They are at the point where there's, I believe there's more men than women, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, And a lot of men cannot get married because the price for brides is so high. Women hold all the power. I actually kind of like it. I'm like, see, this is what happens. Yeah. This but, is what happens when you try to uh, create an unequal system. Yeah. I mean, it, it ends up biting you in the butt. But the reality of it is, is that it, when time goes on and when yeah. we're looking back at, at this in 20 years, it's going to affect them. Like it's, just, it's, it's already affecting them now and it's going to continue to affect them far into the future. Like that's just not a decision that I, I don't even know how honestly one child rule. I don't even know how that even got sanctioned or that. Yeah. Sanctioned basically that, that reeks of no forethought from the, the, the politicians and the politics involved in that. So, but yeah, no, I, I just saying like with regard to our idols who are, you know, Chinese, or who have certain loyalties or certain things that they have to do. I understand like not when I say understand, I mean like logically, right. I understand Mm -hmm. the the short term payoff and a lot of people think of it that way because let's be real. They're not going to be idols forever, but I do think you need to think about your bag in the long term too. So, and and your, your ethics and your morals. I see that. (laughs) (laughs) But also too, I think that, like specifically for someone like Jackson who wants to be an international star. Like it's different from somebody like Victoria, who's very much based in China. Her consumers basically are all in Ch- or mostly in China. She does have, you know, international fans from her. FX oh, for days. sure. But like, she's, she's like for her, the risk is a lot greater. If she doesn't say something than in comparison to somebody like Jackson who, you know, is Hong Kong bored who could lean on that a little bit more on the international sense, but has basically been like Jackson went from China since like day three. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting to see like how far you can go if you're really going to be, you know, that much of a nationalist, you know, in the sense, but yeah, very interesting topic. I feel like we got like three topics for many souls out of this one discussion. So that's really cool. But anyways, what is next, Ash? So a blast from the past. Kara recently regrouped for their 14th anniversary. The four members came together, took a picture with a nice little cake. Apparently, Yuri said that we'll just pretend Hara couldn't make it because we can only gather in groups of four due to, to the pandemic. So that's kind of sad to hear. And obviously, her absence was felt. 
but it was still nice to see them together. These, the second gen groups, like whenever these groups like get back together or have reunite for like weddings or, or whatever, like you end up going back and looking at their old videos and like, you know, people forget sometimes because we have short memories, but you know, they were one of the, you know, pre-beer girl groups during their era and they had so you know so many good songs and hits and I mean they were one of the blueprints for a lot of these girl groups that came after so Kara definitely I think you know have you know cemented their place in like k-pop history and you know they deserve that 14th anniversary cake Any other thoughts? I just want to say, as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, so I guess they really don't know Young Ji. If you don't know who Young Ji is as well, Young Ji was the fourth member of Kara that joined after Nicole and Ji Young left. I don't know if you remember Ash when they left Kara and then they did that whole like search that for the next member of Kara. Yeah, I forgot then, myself. To yeah, be yeah. Yeah, everyone did. Don't worry. Yeah, Kara's together. Oh, Guhara, you know. And then it, it clicked and I was like, oh, Youngji was also a member of Kara. But they probably don't know her. So, yeah, I just thought that was really funny, to be quite honest with you. I mean, <laughs> she's still working, okay? She She's still a DSP. She's still doing things. It's fine. I mean, she was there really just for, like, Mamma Mia and, like, Cupid. So it's not like she... I don't think she really added to the legacy. I think Kara, like Kara itself as a group was pretty much, you know, in their, they were past their golden years, you know, at that time. So it's not surprising. They, they made all their big moves with, as a five member group, you know? So it's fine. I just thought it was like really funny that everyone was like, oh yeah, Young G, who I'm sure is doing, you know, well on her own, but yes. Yay for Carla! Woo! Listen to to Lupin and Jumpin and Pandora. Best of the best. Damage to Lady. Yes. That that beginning of that song slaps. Anyway, she won. She won. Made uh, interesting. Twitter post recently he posted something that said quotations from Ronald Reagan with Shiwan Choi and it has God and Ronald Reagan it has like a picture of Ronald Reagan and above him it has God and below that it has and Ronald Reagan. And then next to it, there's a picture of Shiwan, and above him, it says God and Shiwan Choi. I know, I don't, you know, I do know that Shiwan is a pretty staunch Christian. So it doesn't surprise me that he may also be conservative as well. And in that, he would be also a Ronald Reagan fan. So, you know, I'm just making those connections and 
not very surprised. <laughs> what are our thoughts on on that? I mean, you know, I, I is she one even like no U.S. president like that to be up wrong? She one likes to think that he's a man of the world who followed Donald Trump at one time on Twitter. Yeah, he just continues down the Republican right wing, you know, path. And if you know anything about politics in Korea, that seems to be growing right now. So, mm. yeah, he's I mean, he's rich, right? His family's super rich. And they, you know, they're they're a known family on top of that. So it's not surprising. Uh, you'd think that with being a bit more exposed to the world that he would, you know, maybe gain some perspective, but he's also in super junior. So we know how those conversations probably do go. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, Ronald Reagan is most famously known for, you know, being racist. <laughs> so I don't know what he like was expecting with this. But Jermaine, yes, what do you have to add? No, I was just going to say, I love that Ronald Reagan's legacy is being racist. <laughs> I don't love that he was racist. I just love that people are attaching that to his legacy. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, it seems here, judging by this, I don't know what it is he's holding, book, or I don't know what it is, a present that he got from someone, that the the religious aspect is what is apparently very important for him but then again like i said you make those connections and you know it can kind of go beyond just religion in a lot of different ways so yeah not something i was expecting to see but you know another day in super junior fandom i suppose for for elves so yeah, she won. In other news, EXO is gearing up for a comeback. And they recently celebrated their ninth anniversary. And there are rumors that we could be getting the album fairly soon as in this summer. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of wild to think that EXO's already having their ninth anniversary and they're still out here, you know, releasing some pretty good music and teaching the fourth gen how it's done or third, 3.5, whatever you want to call it. But what are you guys thinking? I know you guys love yourself some exo songs and i do too i i have you know quite a few at least three exo songs i could name that i like even though i'm not like an exo fan but i know you guys are pretty big fans of a pretty big portion of their catalog as well so would you have you heard any other like rumors about their comeback about what kind of music they might be doing I did not. I just saw that they were like they had secretly filmed some comeback. So that's that's exciting. You know, they got Dio back 
they had Becky on there. I feel like, you know, at the very least, we'll get some vocals. But I am actually very excited to see what they have to bring. Like, it's kind of crazy that they're going to have a comeback, but it's not going to be like a real comeback, I guess, because Beckin will likely be in the army by then. And Chaniel's already in the army. And then, you know, all of these like older groups that are coming back, I guess you can call EXO an older group. Nine years, right? Uh, 2PM and New West and Big Bang. And it's, it's, it's a very exciting time. <laughs> I would never have assumed like five years ago that all of these people would be, you know, having this comebacks in the same year, you know, in these ways. So I'm very excited to see how K-pop unfolds in 2021. But yeah, woo, EXO's coming back, excited. All right, next up, the Korea Music Content Association has filed a complaint about unfair mandatory military deferment. They recently filed an official complaint to the Ministry of National Defense about the amendment to the Military Service Act, which will enable K-pop acts that have been awarded decorations for cultural merit to postpone their mandatory services until the age of 30. They say this is unfair and unrealistic because this is the amendment was basically instated, instituted because of BTS. According to an official from KMCA, however, the amendment clearly means that no musicians other than BTS members will be eligible and is merely a taunt when reviewed in detail because only musicians with over 15 years in the industry can be awarded cultural merit and the average age of musicians who have been awarded is over 60 years old. BTS was awarded the Order of Cultural Merit by President Moon Jae-in in 2018 as an exception for its record-breaking footsteps despite having only debuted in 2013. So... The KMCA said that if a male musician would want to meet the criteria before he turns 28 to be defer their military enlistment, they would have to begin his K-pop career when he's 13 years old at the latest. And then that doesn't even mean that they can defer their services. That's only the requirement to apply for the merit. There's a separate set of standards to see whether they actually get the chance to defer their services. So... You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of like talk going on when BTS started getting big that there would be things like this happening, that the government would be making moves to try and keep them from out of the military as much as possible for as long as possible. And, you know, the military service is a huge part of, you know, Korean culture. And there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on here. I know that we discussed this a little bit before the show, Nat and Jimin, what are your, your thoughts about this? I and mean, do you think that, do you think that it is unfair? So I do think it's unfair. It kind of reminds me of back in the day, 
there was an NBA player named Wilt Chamberlain. And he was so dominant in the NBA that the league actually had to create rules to basically nerf his dominance. So they literally created rules to make it so that he would not be able to score as much on opponents, rebound as much, and, and basically contribute to the game in an efficient way. And this reminds me of that, but opposite. Instead of trying to bring one person down with a rule, they're uplifting one particular special case. It's a rule that is created solely to benefit one group of people. Now, whether or not they deserve that benefit is a whole other question. But when we're talking about fairness, we're talking about something being available to all people who are eligible. And it's not. It, it, this would literally, as as the KMCA representative said, this benefit would literally not be available to anyone for anyone to take advantage of besides BTS members. Now, do I think they will take advantage of it? I think once upon a time, I would have said no. But I, the, the more that I think about it, the more it's almost becoming obvious that, that at the very least, Sukjin would take advantage of it just because he's, I mean, I think he was born in 92. He'll be 30 pretty soon. So if he doesn't, if he doesn't, literally, if he doesn't enlist this year, he he's taking advantage of this exemption. So I do think that they would take advantage of it, to be honest. I, I think that this is also unfair just because it is a civic duty. You know, it's not like it's something optional or something that isn't important because technically as much as we like to pretend that they're not because it's virtually at a stalemate, Korea is still at war. Like South Korea is still at war. It's it, what they have going on, their system, their enlistment system that is basically a draft system. And, you know, this reminds me of, I was telling that and Ash before the episode, it reminds me of back in the day during the Vietnam war where America had mandatory enlistment. Basically they had a draft for able-bodied males of a certain age and there were people who didn't want to do that now you could i think the difference in, in that situation was I, obviously that war was not i think if you talk to anybody they will tell you that 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 was the a lot of people were strongly against that war because it just didn't we were fighting it for no reason really the u.s was fighting it for a i mean it had a it had a reason but i don't know that it required going to another country and destroying their country to fight a proxy war i it, it, that that's just the ridiculous part whereas the korean war is something that has a very valid root in terms of you know these are people fighting for their own country in their own countries that's a very a big difference there. It's fighting for your liberty against another country. It's fighting for maybe a possible reunification. So it's, it's very different. But I just say all of that to say every male in the country, besides people who have certain, you know, met certain criteria, has to enlist by age 28. And the criteria, like... I guess when you put this into context, nobody can realistically meet this criteria to be exempted up until age 30. Like no one else can meet that. And so I think that's why I'm just having such a, a strong negative reaction to it, because I, I don't know, maybe somebody can pull this information up. Have there been has there been anybody else who's been able to postpone their service until age 30? I, I would like to see the statistics on that. 
because I don't see it anywhere. So the okay, I, I I thought so. I thought that this was kind of a this was a very unique situation to where not just within K-pop but any Korean male in general. I don't know that I've ever seen this you know be granted. And you know people can make an argument that you know it's fair because they're bringing in so much revenue for the com- the country. Well, if that's the case, then we need to exempt everybody who works at Samsung Corporation. We need to exempt everybody who works at um, Hyundai Corporation. We need to exempt everybody who works at LG Electronics because those are also huge money makers. In fact, those companies are like global one hundred companies. Like those are top countries in the I mean companies in the world. So. If we're going to exempt this group for bringing in some revenue, we need to exempt anybody who contributes uh, a certain amount of revenue. I mean, is am I being absurd here or do you guys see where I'm coming from? No, I definitely agree with everything that you and Ash have both said about this situation. I think specifically because you have lawmakers whose job is to serve the greater majority who are making laws specifically for a K-pop group, you know, I just I think that there's something really wrong about that, just politically wrong about that. And it, you know, any country where the people in power are making laws for very, very small numbers of people who are buddies, who are friends, you know, whatever. Like, I just think that's wrong personally. So I, I don't agree with it. I will say, though, that the only positive about this is it's not a full exemption. I think if it was a full exemption, I think people would be more. Oh, they would be rioting in South Korea if it was. I feel at least from the from what I've seen from South Koreans, they look I mean, you know, of course, they appreciate BTS because of the, the good PR and all that. But they're still this this collectivistic nature that is just always that has always existed in this idea of you do things but then you bring those benefits back here and you assimilate and you become a part of the culture does that make sense there's always this idea that you are going to do what everybody else has always done it's the tradition right so I definitely think that if it was a full exemption it would be rioting but even to postpone it I think is a little ridiculous because I mean, realistically, most groups, okay, this sounds so messed up, but most groups, by the time the members start hitting their 30s, which is it would exempt to 30 or postpone to 30, they're winding down activities anyway. You know what I mean? So it's not like. Absolutely. Right. So my whole point is, is like, it's not, it's like. These other, instead, when you're at 28, you're still very active. I mean, look at Shiny. And so you're missing out on, on revenue, right? Whereas BTS doesn't have to worry about that because BTS is getting to live their golden days without having to worry about enlistment. And, and this is nothing against the members or nothing. It's not even really against Big Hit or Hybe or whatever. It's nothing against any of that. It's really just the creators of this, of this exemption, of this loophole, so to speak, and yeah. how they've chosen to apply it to bts absolutely and that's where like i think my problem mainly lies is like people elected officials who are using their power for what like there are so many things that they could be doing in this panoramic that we are in and you're passing legislation so that these six guys don't have like they get two extra years (laughs) you know without having to enlist and it's crazy because when you think of people like Yusin Jun, 
who literally was banned, the only person in the history of Korea who's banned from South Korea for from 2002. And I think just like in 2019, he was officially allowed to come back to Korea if he wanted, but he lives in China now, obviously. Like, it's insane to think that there are a lot of people and a lot of international fans, from what I've seen, who do believe that BTS should not go to the army because they are basically the only reason that Korea still exists as a country is BTS. Yeah, there are people uh, who I've, I, okay. So guys, I have literally had interactions over the past week or so where people have literally said that South Korea is only relevant because of BTS. Um, BTS is South Korea's pride. They are the nation's representatives. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the nation's rep, any nation's representative is its president or its prime minister. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying, that's like saying Beyonce is the United States representative or Drake is the Canadian representative. He doesn't make decisions regarding policy, uh, foreign policy for Canada. BTS doesn't make decisions regarding foreign policy for South Korea. That's just not how that works. Just because you are the most popular product of that, or really, I mean, I gag to even say the most popular product. Samsung is the most popular product out of South Korea, but K pop as a whole is only the third biggest um, money maker in South Korea. Right. It's not like I get it's electronic. Isn't electronics the first, or is that incorrect? No, it's like, like, this is crazy. I heard this about this in a Twitter space last week, but it's actually like sportswear, you know, for like golf and things. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah. I remember you saying that. Yep. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, are we just going to suddenly exempt every golf, golf <laughs> manufacturer? <laughs> like, what? No, we're not. It's like, uh, all I say is that, you know, people really think that like BTS built South Korea on their backs. And that's kind of a disturbing take to me. And, and it's not even, you know, I want to zoom this out because I don't want to make it seem like we're picking on armies. I've seen k-pop fans in general like just people who are fans of k-pop not of course not as many as just armies right but like i've seen k-pop fans who think that like south korea is k-pop and k-dramas like that's it and i'm like okay y'all do realize that outside of your little korea boo circle like People know more. In fact, if you ask people anything about South Korea, they'll probably say something real. I'm going to keep it real. Kind of racist. And they'll probably talk about Kim Jong-un. Because they don't know the difference between North and South Korea. Or or I've seen this a lot because there's this like popular Korean football player in in the UK. And I, I don't know if his team won or lost. I don't know. I don't really follow football league out there. Right. But I did notice that a lot of people were being extremely racist towards him. And almost every comment was about him being a dog eater or something. So those are the things that people generally associate these like Asians or Koreans with. Yeah, and literally nobody is like championing that. That's a horrible, some uh, effed up. But what we're saying is, is like, I think people, a lot of K-pop fans can get really delusional. They, they have these ideas that are just not true because they are trapped inside of an echo chamber of other K-pop opinions and K-pop 
influencers and, and, and just they don't have any frame of reference for anything outside of k-pop so they to them the world is k-pop it's kind of like a little kid who thinks that the whole world is just their neighborhood you know or like the, the sun or the moon is following them you know when they're in a car or whatever right like their world it's, is that small yeah, exactly. Your world is so small. Yeah. Right. I think th- it requires people to zoom out, go outside, touch some grass, interact with other human beings who are not interested in, you know, K-pop just to really get an idea of like where these things rank on the scale of importance. Because I'm telling you right now, I, I don't K-pop is not. It's not at that level to where I think we need to start. Well, okay, it's not my country, but let's say that K-pop was somehow an American thing. It wouldn't. I wouldn't want the United States to start writing legislation based on K-pop like that. Would, I, I would be very concerned. I don't don't want the United States to start writing legislation that has nothing to do with the film industry based on Hollywood. You know what I mean? Because Hollywood is not America. Hollywood is Hollywood. It's a very small world. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like, you know, I like to sort of, I guess, toggle back just a slightly bit. I think that there is not just danger in people who live in these echo chambers but i feel like there's like there's also there's a bit of danger in this indoctrination that i see a lot of the time where it's like oh all the newbie fans all the newbie fans like you should check out this this thread and this this and this this and this this and it's like it's it's almost like jehovah witnesses you know who go to door to door and just like you know, have you <laughs> you give you the watchtower like magazine or newspaper? Or Let me go ahead and disable my doorbell. <laughs> but that's what it reminds me of, right? Like this weird indoctrination. Like, is this, like you know what? Now that I think about it, that is so true. I've seen a lot of K-pop fans where if they see one person, like this happens to YouTubers a lot, right? Yeah. They see a YouTuber, like maybe the YouTuber says, "I watch a BTS video for the first time," and then all of a sudden, they in their comment section, you go down, there is like essays about all yeah. the members with links to every performance they've ever had, and like yeah. it, they give you like a full breakdown to indoctrinate you into k-pop and you know what i can't knock it it's been working so. <laughs> yeah, i mean it, it does work but it's kind of strange where it's like yeah we it's know that you might be you might be a little overwhelmed by all the content like ma'am this is music what are you talking about like, like I ma'am this is a wendy's <laughs> like i listen to a lot of god seven but I'm not out here talking about have you listened to God Seven today? You know, like what? <laughs> yeah, like you know that you put it in those terms. I think we've had a I remember a long, long time ago, like this might have been like 2018 or something. We had like a conversation that like about parasocial relationships and then it kinda of, I think we kinda of touched on like the religious aspect of K pop that kind of doesn't get talked about it would be really interesting to kind of break that down and really you know dig into that topic but yeah yeah, i do see what you're talking about it does feel religious in in many ways like yeah i mean we joke that it's a cult but i feel like you know this is actually a lot more organized than a lot of the cults that i've seen you know and (laughs) might be the most well-organized court cult in history absolutely so yeah but i mean 
back to the topic. Yeah, we don't we don't agree <laughs> with it. Basically, How did we go from yeah. talking about BTS being exempted to JYP? That's crazy. <laughs> I'll let you marinate on that. <laughs> Continue. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think that okay. So Jin's birthday is in, on December fourth. So he literally like based on what I saw from Baekhyun, who said he had to, he had basically until like April or May. And like, there's this big gap where he doesn't know when he's going and the, the army sort of decides and blah, 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 blah. Because his birthday's on May, right? Is it May 6th or May 4th or something like that? So I'm assuming that around like November-ish time is when we should start. We should hear some definite news about Jin if he's going to enlist. Because that's going to be that time frame where he really can't schedule anything because he doesn't know when the army's going to be calling, you know? And knocking at yeah, his door. Yeah, is that... Is that Korean age, by the way? Yes, it is. Is it 28 Korean age? Because if that's the case, then he's definitely taken that postponement because I'm pretty sure he's 29 in Korean age or 30. Um, Let me, I had to Google that. Actually, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's not Korean age because Baekhyun is born in 92 as well. Right, that's why I don't. He had to go. Yeah, and he literally just had to go now. I think, though, maybe it's not just that you turn 28. I think it's before you turn 29 in Western age. Maybe that's how it works. Oh, because so Jin's clock is ticking. Yeah, because Baekhyun turned 20, is turning 29 in May. So that's why Baekhyun said, like, listen, I dropped this album. I can't promote it because I don't know when I'm going. And so I think that's going to be the same for him, for, for Jin. And then probably for JB next January, because he has an early birthday, so he's considered a 93-er. So I think that's how that's going to work. Well, with Becca and off to the to war, K-pop got a little less racist on this day. So <laughs> we love to see it. But <laughs> what's next? We've been talking what's about next? this for like three hours. Yeah, yeah. What's next, Ash? Okay. Mama Moo's company, RBW, announced that they've acquired Oh My Girl's company, WM Entertainment, by 70% share and has become the largest shareholder. Some comments about this, uh, some people were kind of surprised because I guess Mama Moo's company is generally not well known as being like something like Big Hit. Like in in fact, there were rumors that Big Hit was looking at RBW, but people were not really looking at it as a company that would actually, you know, take in other companies. But apparently RBW is something of a full service company where they provide lyricists, producers, vocal coaches, training programs. They have a Vietnamese and a Japanese branch. So apparently they're a lot more, there's a lot more to the company than people are aware of. So yeah, I mean, good for RBW, I guess, means that they're doing good if they can, you know, take out that many shares on another company like that and you know oh my girl fans hopefully you know it won't affect them at all it probably won't so any thoughts on that 
I only mentioned it because I was interested to see if, if that might be a trend where, uh, you know, other companies are going to start, you know, seeking capital to acquire other companies to sort of build an empire like Big Hit has been doing or Hype has been doing. We keep calling it Big Hit, but it is actually Hype now. So, yeah, I... I I am very interested to see if, if we see this maybe as a trend or a projection of a trend going forward, you know, where the idea of small, you know, little companies are is not going to be a thing that exists. Everyone's just going to be buying everybody if they can, you know? I think that would be very interesting to see in the future of, of K-pop because, you know, you do need a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Uh, to have a group and debut group and have trainees and all this stuff. So it might, and with the international money coming in, you know, smaller companies are not as small as they used to be like back in the day, like Wola, you know, and, and big hit when it was big hit at the beginning, like a lot of these companies are not as small as they used to be. Whoever manages a T's or A's must be making a lot of money because they, they sell like, and they were touring right, right off the bat, you know? So it, it is just really interesting to see sort of like the trends in K-pop and now the trends with companies. So yeah, that's why I decided to add it. And also because I think it segues very nicely into the next topic. <laughs> so it we can get does. to that. <laughs> yes. So speaking of, Hybe, Hybe, however you say it, formerly known as Big Hit Entertainment, acquired music executive Scooter Bronze company Ithaca Holdings and a 1.05 billion dollar deal. So that merger brings together BTS, Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande and other artists under one roof for management, label services and publishing. Ithaca Holdings CEO Scooter Braun will join the board of Hybe Hybe and Scott Borchetta will remain CEO of Big Machine Label Group Hybe said in a statement on Friday. As far as the significant details from that type, seems like they're just eating up companies at this point. Bang PD is appetite is insatiable. I am interested to know what was in this for Scooter Braun. I mean, obviously. I'm sure he got a pretty good deal and the the whole thing, but I'm wondering, you know, what exactly he gets out of the whole thing. I mean, maybe he's just trying to get some of the BTS money, but it's interesting because, you know, Hybe is looked at the, is this monster company that is essentially built on the backs of one act. <laughs> and I wonder, you know, is all of this company consolidation kind of an attempt to have other acts without having to, you know, go into and without having to make their own acts essentially like to make another BTS because they have T by T, which you know, I they have their own success, but they're nowhere near BCS's level. And essentially, 
they're going to be, it's going to be very tough to replicate that type of success. So it's a consolidation kind of a move to make sure that they have other acts under their umbrella to sustain the company or sustain the, sustain the, just the sheer size and power and, you know, money that's involved in Hybe now. What do you guys think about this? I think this is a take that Nat and I, I know, have given in different ways. But just to kind of reiterate that, I, I agree a lot with what you were saying, Ash. And, and I think that's a common sentiment. They, this is very much uh, a situation where m- Hybe or, you know, originally Big Hit had lightning in a bottle with BTS and are now building the entire company off of their backs. And if y'all want to talk about pave the way, then <laughs> maybe apply it in that scenario because that's where it actually applies. And I think it's actually smart. There's a lot of discussion to be had about whether it's ethical and whether and and also you know there's a lot of issues that you can take with building on bts's backs or whatever i mean i just want to kind of focus on the fact that it is a very smart move it is probably the smartest move that big hit has made i'll say that of course they had to make some of those smaller deals to get to this point But I think that acquiring something that is outside of South Korea while merging with something that is outside of South Korea is an incredible move, especially uh, a powerhouse that is home to some of the top stars right now that have been proven to have longevity. It's not like, you know, you, you can say whatever you want about any of the, you know, Ariana, Justin, whatever. But one thing you can't say is that they don't have longevity because they very much do. And they both have diehard, diehard fans and they both have a level of status in the like in the world music scene. Like when I'm talking about worldwide, that a lot of artists could only hope to have. So it, it makes a lot of sense, business sense. It's basically secures to me it secures hype's future and it almost in a way secures any artist who's under big hit and pledis it secures their futures as well because now you can basically use i don't know the details of the contract but from the bare minimum that i know you can basically use that justin bieber money to fund projects for tomorrow by together or fund projects for 17 or not that 17 needs justin bieber's money but you know what i mean it's kind of how twice was funding every act at jyp for a moment And so I think business-wise, it's a smart move. It does show that they don't, I don't, I think it shows that there's not enough creativity to build something from the ground up within Big Hit. I also think that it shows that there's probably not that much confidence in some of Big Hit's original projects like TXT and N-Hyphen. And 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 when I say not that much confidence, I don't mean that they're flops or anything. I just mean that they're literally, I don't think that any group right now can live up to BTS. I think it's going to be a long time before we get another group that hits that big. It's just how it is. And and Nat, of course, you can chime in and tell me what you think, but that's what I think, right? And I also want to just say that 
I wonder if there's any antitrust implications with this. Like, it seems like Hybe is really growing really fast and it's also acquiring and merging with a lot of different entities. And at a certain point, because K-pop right now is already a bit of an oligarchy, at a certain point, it makes me wonder, will they just try to monopolize the industry? And that would, I feel like the only way that this business decision could truly, truly turn out bad for Hype is if they try to monopolize the K-pop industry. Because if you try to eat up the rest of the players, what you're doing is you're creating a situation where there's no competition. And then Hype can then just treat all of their idols however they want because the idols can't go anywhere else. And, and they effectively become uh, chained to Hype. And I mean, to me, that's just like a recipe for unfair contracts, for borderline indentured servitude labor like that. That's a recipe for that kind of stuff, because at the end of the day, a corporation is going to care about its bottom line and a corporation that is that big and it keeps growing in an industry that is really small. It it can create some really like unfair practices and unfair situations for the employees so obviously that's really far down the line I don't really see that being something immediate if even if it does come to fruition come to light but I do see it as being a potential danger of being really aggressive with expansion and I'm not sure what Korea's antitrust laws look like but now that they have Ithaca Holdings with them they're making so much money that they now can just buy out all the other little companies and make it even more lopsided make the industry even more lopsided than it already is but nat what do you think i think that you brought up some very very interesting points about like the future of contracts the future of the industry itself when you have such a big player that is not willing to do the work that needs to be done to build the in-house talent the way that it should and like no shade to in hyphen or to like txt like not none at all but because i think that they're still doing very very well but they're clearly not doing as well as bts and that's the problem especially if you have you know sh- you know shareholders are making are, are used to certain returns your the level of of products you know music videos albums things like that for the groups that you do have you know they have there is a certain level that we expect from them that costs money so if you don't have bts because members are going to the army which is something they're going to have to do soon then you're you're not bringing in the profit that is needed to maintain the certain level of life that this company a health a healthy company in its prime, you know, has. And I think that was really what motivated a lot of these purchases. And I think that the the purchase of Ithaca itself is is stunning. Like I think that that was definitely not on my 2021 bingo, not gonna lie. I I think it's a brilliant move, to be quite honest, because they need the revenue. <laughs> like, you know, Ash talked about the appetite and, you know, not about bang PD and, and, you know, the way that Koreans talk about him and his weight, but more so like the, the spending, 
the expenses, the you know, the things that you need to run K-pop industry, a K-pop company in 2021. It's very, very, very expensive. We were looking at financial records the other day, right? And like the amount of money that a lot of these people spend, like these companies spend. SM made SM spent so much money in I believe 2020 that everything they made just went down the drain. <laughs> like they made a lot of money. Like don't yes. don't get it twisted. They made a lot of money, but I believe with the ESPA project, with expanding NCT and all of the future technologies, see well, this is something that you guys will be able to hear if you are a Patreon subscriber. Um, just I'm going to shameless plug for our Patreon. But <laughs> we do have a, a discussion coming up where we kind of talk about uh, certain K-pop company, you know, these these label founders like Lee Isuman and, and Yang Hyun-suk and, you know, whatnot. And we, we kind of talk about, you know how they built their empires but i think you know that's one thing i can say about sm is that the way that it started it started with a vision to always be ahead of the curve and it's still building towards that it's still very much a creative paradise in a sense like a creative in terms of in the k-pop industry at least because even though they don't always work out the plan b is always like just as good, really, because, for example, XOM, XOK didn't really work out, but that didn't stop EXO from being the most successful boy group and being a wall up until about 2017, 2018. Exactly. Like, you know what I mean? And 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 it's the fearlessness. It's the willingness to try new things. It, it, it's very progressive in that sense. And you need that type of spirit because you can't just be I don't think any company can, should should get complacent and rely on its big its, its cash cows i don't think that should be the case because those cash cows could just decide to leave i mean let's like be real god seven. <laughs> like god seven they could just decide to leave and i'm not Who saying and i'm not saying you know justin or ariana would decide to leave because they clearly have long relationships with like scooter braun and everything absolutely but bts at one point, literally was about to terminate their contract at what is arguably can be considered the height of their career, the peak of their career. They wanted to terminate their contract. So, in fact, I now you got me curious about now that BTS has this connection, right? Because really, let's be real. It's BTS's connection with, with Ithaca Holdings and with the people like Scooter Braun. Could you imagine Scooter Braun managing BTS? I could actually. Scooter. No, 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 I'm not saying could you imagine it in that way. I'm saying like, could you imagine how much bigger they could be? Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. Because he has his hands in everything. And I was about to say too with that, like Scooter has always had his eye on K-pop. He always knew that that was where the future was and that it just took, it just needed the push. Because he was always very supportive of 21. And I mean, you want to talk about a group that was mismanaged. We can talk about 21, right? But he always had faith that in, in K-pop and in CL and, and the girls that he, he knew. So I actually see this being more beneficial to someone like Scooter, who actually has a really good eye for these things. I mean, he done bought up Taylor Swift's Masters. Had the girl has the girl reworking her albums, you know, like girl, the only thing that could I feel like the only thing that could stop Scooter Braun from taking a talent and and uh, 
bringing it out even in, in terms of like bringing that talent into the world even more is if they're already in a situation that is negative for them. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If, if Knowing South Korean culture, knowing K-pop, the K-pop industry, the only way that if Scooter Braun got his hands on BTS, the only way that they could really fail is if, okay, I mean, uh, of course there's things that you don't think of, but in terms of things you can plan for, the only way that they really fail is if Big Hit holds them back. Yeah. Let's be real. Scooter Braun, like, there's a reason why he's very known, like, in the industry. Yeah, and he absolutely. has everybody's contacts, everybody, his connections are unbelievable. And so that's a guy you want on your team. So I could see this even one day blossoming into BTS, maybe, you know, migrating over to Ithaca. <laughs> I did hear from somebody who used to be a writer, a music writer or music journalist, sorry. And they did mention that this was pretty much just like for BTS to get a Grammy because you need those connections and you need, you need the people who vote to vote your way. So if you have someone like Scooter behind you, who's like, okay, well, you know, we have these many votes for, you know, we can vote for, I don't know, Jay-Z or we can vote for, you know, Kendrick Lamar or something like that but we need you to vote for BTS and in this category we need you to vote for Justin Bieber in this category so this this is I think this is more of a short-term situation for big hit because I feel or for hype sorry I keep saying big hit I respectfully will call you hype from now on (laughs) Uh, but this is I think uh, a short-term sort of goal for BTS to win the Grammy but that is so misguided. I think this is long term going to be better for Scooter <laughs> and Ithaca Holdings, who will definitely get the better I, end of this. You think you think that they will benefit more? I think I personally think long term speaking, yeah. I think that BTS stands to benefit more than anybody. Well, long term speaking, BTS, yes. I was talking more about hype. Oh, you hype! Know. Yeah, I honestly, yeah. Okay, no shade, but I'm gonna need to see less mismanagement yeah for me to believe in hype i'm gonna be real because big what big Hit has shown me so far is that they can't they i don't think they can really how do i put it because i'm not saying txt is not successful i'm not saying hype is not successful but i'm saying that i don't think they can develop a product very well like at a high level if that product doesn't already have its own market which bts once again lightning in a bottle it basically sustains itself you see what i'm saying like 17 they have not and and and, yeah exactly 17 as well because look at what big hit big hits other projects either failed or they're not living up to what they could be because i i very much believe two by two could be a lot in a lot better of a financial position the fact that they had them boys living in one room yeah like despite despite the fact that bang pd is basically bang pd might as well just be he just has money for no reason (laughs) you know what i mean with his little his little what they call him gangnam money girlfriend (laughs) i I just want to see that they can manage something that they create the same way at the same level that sm can do it you know because sm has multiple million sellers yeah. So far, 
big hit only has one and i'm not and i'm not i'm not including i'm not including 17 because to me they're platis they became million sellers under platis but sm has produced multiple million sellers so yeah i don't know and, and also a lot of big hits money these groups is I would have to look at the statements, of course, but I wonder how much of it is coming from merchandising and advert, you know, ad deals and all of that and, and, you know, promotional campaigns, things like that versus the actual musical stylings of their artists. But what were you going to say? Oh, I can't remember. I'll be very honest with you. I'm sorry. Uh, I just had a lot of thoughts about that particular topic because I think that it's so dynamic and it could be a great thing. If it's not mismanaged on the hype end or the the big hit end of hype, I guess hype is the whole thing. So if it's yeah. not managed on the big hit end, it could be a wonderful thing, especially for BTS and also for Scooter, like you said. The Western market as well, like it's a, it is definitely a game changer. Like, and I have I like I I can only really respect that. You know, I would have never guessed like you know five years ago that a K-pop company could buy basically like you know well they didn't <laughs> buy them right it was a merger right them. it was a merger but i mean you just i just never thought that they would be on that type of playing field you know Off it's like they're trying to be the group. sony it's like they're trying to be the sony of south korea because you know sony has american subsidiaries and has acquired american record labels so but i do but i don't think they could be at sony's level because sony has a huge catalog like Every yeah. artist who's anybody in the industry is signed to Sony. That's like, I feel like, like right now, there's a lot of potential, like you guys said. But I think if, if Hybe can't produce, you know, if they can't prove that they can make, like Jimin said, the million sellers, then they're not going to, there's not going to be more mergers like this in their future like they they need to you know work more on increasing their own stable their own roster of musicians i think if they yes want, girl if they want to you know if this is the direction that they want to go in yes because tiny tan and ugly merch is only going to be trendy for so long like that's another thing like a lot of their merchandise and those revenue streams that is all like it's just trendy right like it's it's these are things that are trends like when i say there are other revenue streams i'm talking about like you guys know how bts has like the little characters that they created the bt21 and all that all of that is like great and awesome and cool and i actually think those little characters are cute but it's not something you can build a like you have to have you have to keep doing that over and over again does that make sense like you can't just do it once and then it's going to sustain itself forever you have to keep doing that and keep readjusting it to appeal to bts's market as they grow and get older yeah yeah notice i I didn't say anything about the merch for the other groups because (laughs) it's flawed and then the promo stuff yeah does yeah, T by no. T have merch like that yet? In terms of like like the plushies for stuff like like these characters they've created, no, they don't have T T by T has a variety show on V Live and a YouTube channel and a light stick. I mean, I don't know what else you want me to say because that's all they got. 
I mean, yeah. they don't even have a lot of promotional opportunities. Like, for example, when you look up at Jenny and Rose, they're always in somebody's magazine. TYT doesn't really have that. And I get it that they're a new group, but like, aren't there like younger groups that already have promotional opportunities? Like, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, like, even when 101 first came out, like year one, 101 was everywhere. They were promoting all kinds of products. Well, that's a little bit different. I think reality show groups generally have like that leg up when they debut. How old is True, but TXT is two years old. So. Oh, so they're still very young. Uh, yeah, they're not yeah but it's yet. like, no, they are too. Oh, March, they debuted right, in 2019. And they, they just, it's March. no, Sorry. it's March. They're, they're two years old, but when you talk about that, they have the survivor show one one or whatever. Well, in hyphen had Island. Yeah. So where's in hyphens endorsement for Coca-Cola or Nike or whatever. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it seems like the only times I see endorsements is BTS. And the only reason why I'm even mentioning endorsements is because unlike the American industry, all of that stuff is running through the company. Like Absolutely. they don't have separate. I wish I really wish K-pop had separate agencies and separate record labels. Your record label should not be your agency in my opinion. Cause the, that is people cannot manage. Like they're not, they're not good at both. They're good at maybe one of those things, but they're not good at actually like running like organization. A lot of companies, but also organization. But also, they don't have your best interest at heart. Like, they have their best interest at heart. It's, it's, they're going to, like, if you have a separate agent, that agent is going to work to get you the most money on any deals. But if you have to get your money from the label, why would the label be incentivized to give you the most money when they are trying to pocket the profit? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I think that's actually the biggest change that I hope to see in K pop in the future. Where they, they start to, sort of separate the management, the, the different aspects of management for artists. Because I do feel that when you're one company, one agency who, as you said, like they don't really have your best interest at heart. Like look at some, a group, like a company like JYP who has twice, who has stray kids, who's 2 PM. Like why would, why do you think that, you know, like a group like day six maybe doesn't get the promotion that they need to get to build on their name and to build on their popularity because, you know, they are different. They're a rock concept. They're they're not the normal sort of K-pop group. So they maybe need a bit more specialized attention. If you had a separate management, you know, like firm or like, you know, marketing, whatnot, you know, like they could maybe specialize just and, and sort of like the, the output for day six. But you have somewhere like JYP who is focused on twice, focused on straight kids who are now the representative boy group of, JYP, you know, right. like they're not going to be able to, they're not willing. And I don't think that they're capable of, of offering the, the type of care that a group like Day6 need, you know? So I definitely would love That's to why I'm me. loving this. Yeah. Sorry. No, go, go. You definitely, go. no, go, go, go. I was going to, sorry. I can't remember now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know okay. what it is? I always like when, when a person, when there's like a, a pause, I, yeah. I sometimes don't even know how to interpret the pause. So I just like, okay, maybe okay. I'll start talking or whatever. <laughs> but 
I totally agree with that. And that's that's one of the reasons why I really, really, when we had our Goss 7 episode a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I really loved hearing about what they were doing because it was, to me, groundbreaking. It's like, you know, you are stepping out of this combined system. And so, of course, some of them went off to do different things like Mark and whatever, but some of them stayed in music and they did it in such a way that they went to a place where I'm not saying their best interests are going to always be represented, but they're more likely to get what they need out of, for example, AOMG than they are JYP. That's just the facts. And I, I want to see more of this. Like you said, that is the biggest change I want to see in, in K-pop, this separation of agents. And because the definition of an agent is somebody who does something for you, get something for you. A record label should not be an agent, is not an agent. So I, I totally agree with that. And I, I'm happy we had this conversation. I feel like that's something I've been thinking for a while that I really haven't been able to express. So, but yeah, no, yeah that was interesting. And I will definitely keep up with the Got Seven Corners so we can see how they change the industry because <laughs> it is definitely not something that anybody else is really doing right now. So, <laughs> right. It's a lot of really big, interesting, unique, diverse moves in K pop. And yet, nobody has hired us for diversity training. You guys should do that. <laughs> honestly, we need to be diversity consultants. We need to be public relations consultants. We need to be mergers and acquisitions consultants. We just flat out came up with a, a, a whole business plan for idols and employees to get fair labor treatment. They need to come on now. What, what are y'all doing besides not listening to us? Right. Right. But <laughs> yes. uh, you know what? We don't. I think the last topic is something I already mentioned because I did mention yep. my bad luck with yeah um, the two members leaving yep. Infinite. Um, yep. Did you want to add anything else to? I really like Infinite. I feel that they make great music, and I'm very excited to continue on my journey as an inspirate. And they'll probably never get together again. But, you know, I think that I am okay with that because I have destiny and I have back. And so I will make do with what I have so far of, of Infinite. All Stream Encore. Show, yeah, all those music show performances. Yes, yes. But yes, that's all I have to say. Very emo a very emotional moment about Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm done. All right. Well, that was our last story. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to add that we didn't talk about? If not, then I think that means we're coming up on the end of our show. Do you guys have any shout outs? Shout outs to Two by Two. I still have. I keep them in my thoughts and prayers. Shout outs to all the listeners. It feels like it's been a long time since we spoke with you all, but shout outs to you. And shout outs to Multifaceted ACG. We did a wonderful collaboration that will be on our Patreon. So please look out for that. Nat? Shout out to Ash and Jimin, obviously. 
this episode was a lot of fun, which is funny because when we looked at the topics at first, we were like, these are very dry. Like, and we- girl, what did I tell you? <laughs> I said, every time I think something is interesting, it's boring. And when I think it's boring, it's interesting. Yes. So, but we had a lot, a lot of fun. And honestly, kids, I just have to say, like, whatever you love, whether it's K-pop or Marvel or Star Trek or whatever, you know, like, as long as it's not racism, discrimination of any form, you know, I feel like you should enjoy it and it should be fun. And we had a lot of fun today. We had a lot of fun when we did the mini-sode with Ash Mac from Multifaceted ACG. You know, we always get on the mic with the intention to have fun. And there's a lot of crap going on in this world. I mean, we touched on a lot of it in this episode, but I feel really good, really energized and, you know, happy when we get to come on here and just talk about something that we like, we love. Sometimes we don't like we we hate but you know we always come on here with like the intention of having a good time and to share you know thoughtful discussions with with you all you know and uh, i hope that you enjoy this episode and you enjoy our content we do have a patreon i mean we put a lot of work into it <laughs> so do check it out if you guys you know if you're able to definitely give it a try i mean i know times are rough i know Things are pretty crappy, but I, I do feel that uh, we'll help. We'll do our best to make your day brighter. You know, I think that's kind of what I'm getting at here. Okay, I've been lo- I've been watching a lot of GOT7 content, especially a lot of Jackson Wang lately. So I'm be- I'm feeling very positive because Jackson Wang is a very positive person. And <laughs> so outside of that, just shout outs to us, shout outs to you, shout outs to. April, it's spring here. You know, we got a lot of rain, but the weather is warming up and I'm very excited about that. I actually, I actually do hate summer in Toronto, but <laughs> I am tired of being cooped up. So I'm welcoming it this year. And, you know, shout out to Got7. Shout out to JB. Shout out to Infinite. Shout out to Big Bang. Shout out to GD. If shout we let AK. her continue, Ash, <laughs> she's going to shout out the entire second generation. So, yeah, shout outs to Nat and Demon because they are holding it down for the Patreon. And hopefully I can jump back in on the mini so soon because you guys have done some really great ones. And we have ideas for even more content. Shouts to your listeners. You guys are a great core of like listeners that like have been with us like for a while and we appreciate your support and just everything like that you do for the podcast. And even if you don't, you know, give any money to the Patreon or you don't write, you know, leave a like or whatever you know just listening is enough shout out to top he posted a picture of himself recently and he's growing his hair out and you know i'm of the opinion that long hair can do a lot for a lot of people and not that top needs long hair but it definitely 
helps accentuate his features. Yeah, he's, and, he's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and just shout out to the Wonder Girls and Big Bang just because they're my second gen prom king and queen. So yeah, shout out to them. Any other shout outs or I do want to just do a very short shout out. Shout out to Jimin for her Jonghoon video. Everybody check it out. It is not it's not like long or anything like that, but it's it does tug at the heartstring. It's a very beautiful look at Jonghoon, the artist, the person, the legend. So definitely give that a try on our YouTube. We're gonna we're gonna try to put some more stuff up on youtube i actually very quickly i actually did go back and watch some of our album reviews and they were really good so maybe we might attempt that again in the future i don't know tell us what you guys think if you guys want that but anyways yeah yes 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 yeah good job jimin (laughs) wonderful job on the jonghyun video i'm sure and Yes, everyone, please go watch it. So if that is it, then thank you for listening to another episode of Not Your Average and Dozens. As always, you can reach us at notyouraverageanddozens at gmail.com. We have our Twitter at Dozens. We are also on Instagram at notyouraverageanddozens and uh, YouTube is also not your average citizens. So you can visit us at any of those social media platforms and you can listen to our podcast pretty much anywhere where you can listen to podcasts, Apple Music, Google, Stitcher, and such and such. So if that is all, then thank you guys again and we will see you on the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.